choosing Weekly Politics as your podcast today. I know it's been a little while, as always, since I've come out with an episode, but I thought, why not do an episode on what liberals have against conservatives? I mean, I'm sure you've seen the news. It's very, very clear that liberals hate us and that the conservatives in power hate the liberals. So I decided to look up 10 questions that liberals have for conservatives. I'll start with number one. As opponents of big government, why do you fervently support an unending stream of government-sponsored wars, vast government military spending, the power of local police to shoot and kill unarmed citizens, government interference with abortion rights and family planning, government restrictions on marriage, and the linkage of church and state? Well, that's, that's quite a big question there. They think that they really got us with all that hypocrisy, don't they? We'll start with uh, the first part of this question. Why do we support government-sponsored wars? Because we have to? <laughs> I mean, think of it this way. If your ally is being threatened by a nation like Saudi Arabia, for a random example there, let's say Britain is seriously threatened by Saudi Arabia, and Saudi Arabia threatens them with, I don't know, possible war. We're going to go in there, and we're going to try to be the peacekeeper. That's America's policy, or... uh. Yeah, it's America's policy for domestic, or not domestic. Basically, that's our policy for other nations right now. If you're threatening our friends, we will threaten you. And I'm not against that. Not really. So we support these wars mainly just because we like to protect our interests. As a conservative, I find it very, very nice that we have very nice allies like Britain and France. But I also see the point that they're trying to make here. There are just quite a few wars that we are sponsoring. And there's something that would fix that. A very easy thing that would fix that. And this easy thing that would fix it is actually, believe it or not, is becoming self-dependent. If America depends almost only on its own product, on her own products, we won't need to go to wars as often. Because we'll have less interests. With less interests, there'll be less threats. Less threats? Well, we can lower the government spending and we can lower the amount of government-sponsored wars. And lower a lot of military spending. Uh, third part, or well, actually second part. The power of local police to shoot and kill unarmed citizens? Huh. This almost never happens. What are you talking about? The amount of unarmed people shot and killed per year is like, what, 30? And I understand that's still a big number. And I'm sorry that it's a big number. It needs to go down, I agree. But we don't support that. We're against it, too. It's a common enemy that liberals don't know that conservatives agree with them on. We don't like it when the local police shoot and kill an unarmed citizen. It does happen, but it's very rare, and it does not happen because of race or sex. Third part, government interference with abortion rights and family planning. Um, maybe because we're against murder. Yeah, yeah, it's because we're against murder. When you're pregnant, 
your what's in your belly is not a parasite. It's not a random thing that you call a fetus. It's a human being. If you wait nine months, it's a human being that you can see with your bare eyes. Honestly, we're, put it this way. If you're for abortion and, you, yeah, if you're for abortion, why are you rushing to abort the child? Well, because in nine months it's going to come out of my tummy as a human being. Exactly. It's a human being. You are killing, murdering your child. That's why we're against it. Government restrictions on marriage? Uh, we aren't. I personally am against gay marriage. That's my personal opinion. And I base it off of my religion. So government restrictions on marriage. Most conservatives actually aren't against that. That's a stereotype put on us by liberals. And finally, in the linkage of church and state. That's a good one, actually. Why am I for the linkage of church and state? Well, first of all, the link leaking church and state together does not actually form a big government. And you can still link church and state together without necessarily giving the government a specific religion or a the, uh, turning us into a theocracy. So I'm for sort of a linkage of church and state. What I mean by that is if your church says something that like, for example, let's say your religion says that you can't get vaccinated, but the government requires you to be vaccinated, then I believe that you don't need to be vaccinated because your religion says you can't. That's sort of linking church and state right there. In fact, that's putting church above state. So that doesn't make the government bigger. It just depends on how you look at it. Question number two. As advocates of consumer, consumer sovereignty, why do you oppose requiring corporations to label their products with information, for example, contains GMOs, that would enable consumers to make an intelligent choice of products? Hmm. I guess that's a good one as well. I'm not necessarily against... Or I'm not necessarily for, rest uh, sorry, I'm not necessarily against restricting companies to, uh, or forcing companies to label things as GMO or contain GMO. I'm okay with that law being made because there are some people who are freaks like liberals who, who don't want it, or there are some people who are allergic to certain types of GMO. So I'm actually okay with having that or with forcing companies to do that. So, uh, consumer sovereignty, there's a bit of a balance. It's a balance of making sure that the consumer themselves knows exactly what they're getting. So, labeling things as GMO would tell them that. I'm not against GMO, just to let you guys know. I'm just saying, labeling as GMO would help people who are against it know that and so that they don't buy it. And... With the corporation stuff, their balance is less restrictions. Re or forcing them to put things on or to label things as GMO, that's a minor restriction that costs them almost nothing. I mean, less restrictions like maybe lower taxes, perhaps uh, less employee restrictions. Like maybe you don't have to give your employees a smoking break. Still a lunch break, but not a smoking break because those are kind of dumb. Employees constantly 
get smoking breaks. I know this because I work at a company and I have to grant smoking breaks constantly, nonstop, because I can't deny them. So they just use it as an excuse to get out of work. And it's like, really? It's annoying. Question number three. As advocates of personal advancement through individual effort, why do you oppose inheritance taxes that would place the children of rich and poor on a more equal footing in their struggle for individual success? <laughs> this isn't a struggle. <laughs> what are you talking about? Okay, let's break this question down a bit. As advocates for personal advancement through individual effort. Yeah, through a uh, keyword, individual effort. Why do I oppose inheritance taxes? Because then you're putting money with multiple other people. You're giving money to multiple other people that didn't work for it. So that's not individual effort. That's communism. That's why. Uh, and it's not going to place them on a more equal footing for their struggle and individual success. Um, if what you're saying here is instead of just giving it to the poor, you're just going to take it and keep it as a government because that's stealing. That's why. I believe that if a rich guy wants his kid to grow up in the best way possible, the best thing he can do is to teach his kid how to live poor. He can pay, he can pay for some of his child's college, not all of it. But once he's older, instead of just paying for his son to live when he's graduated from college, no, you need to teach him how to live on his own without his daddy's money. And I don't believe the government should take that from us. It should be a free choice. I believe in freedom. Question number four. As advocates of capitalist competition in the marketplace, why do you so consistently support the interests of giant corporations over those of small businesses? Think of it this way. I'm the government, okay? And I want to build... Mm, let's see here. I want America to be self-dependent on oil. What do you think is the best way to do that? Am I going to go to the smallest oil company in America and ask for their help? Or am I going to go to the largest oil companies in America and uh, sign a deal with them? I'm going to go to the largest oil companies in America. Why? Because the small oil companies can't necessarily help us. But I do agree in one part here. The government should not get too involved with businesses, period. If we do, then yes, it unbalances the system and it gets kind of wonky. But that's basically why... Most of the time, we do tend to side with larger corporations other than smaller corporations. Question number five. This looks like a similar one. As advocates of the private enterprise system, why do you so often favor government subsidies for failing big businesses and tax breaks to thriving big businesses that you desire to lure in your state or region? Hmm jobs <laughs> one answer jobs i let's say Am, amazon let's pretend amazon is failing right now do you know how many people work for amazon to be honest i have no idea either give me 30 seconds i believe it's in the millions 
Uh, okay. Amazon has 950,000 workers, close to the millions. If Amazon's failing and they're going bankrupt, what do you think is going to happen to those 950,000 workers? They're going to join the unemployment for a while. Do you really want that to happen? I don't either. That's why. Oh, and then uh, why do we give businesses tax breaks to so that we can lure them into our state or region? Again, jobs. We like jobs, so we try to give them tax breaks or help them out in basically any way possible so that they can maybe build a factory there or maybe even move their offices to our state. Question number six is, as advocates of freedom to choose to work for an employer, freedom of contract, why do you oppose employees' rights to stop working for that employer? That is to strike, and particularly to strike against the government. I don't. I actually don't oppose that. That was given to you in the First Amendment, religion, assembly, press, petition, and speech. That's the First Amendment for you. And I don't oppose that. I think it's stupid. <laughs> if you, what do you think you're going to accomplish striking? <laughs> no, almost nothing has happened in the past 30, 20 years of striking a business or government. I think you're stupid, but I don't oppose it. Question number seven. As advocates of voluntary rather than government action to re to red red res grievances, why do you fervently oppose labor unions? Because we don't need them. I mean, if you guys really think that striking a business and striking the government really works, then why do you why do you support labor unions? You won't need them. You can just strike the business, can't you? That's a better question for you. I oppose them because right now what they're doing is stupid. They're just being liberals and they're actually trying to implant their political agenda everywhere they go. That's why I oppose them. I think that they're not useless. I just think they need to be redone. Question number eight. As advocates for the free movement of labor and capital, why do you support government immigration restrictions, including the construction of enormous walls, uh, the massive policing of borders, and the building of mass incarceration centers? Hmm. Free movement, labor, and capital. Free movement of labor just means that you can go from one job to another job. Free movement of capital just means that you can earn money that you work for. Building enormous walls has nothing to do with us quitting a job or with us earning money by working somewhere. But why do I support enormous walls? Because I want to protect our border. Why do I support policing of the borders? To make sure... That nothing gets through, period. Mass incarceration centers. Let's think of it this way. If we have mass incarceration centers, how many regular incarceration centers can you do you think we can get rid of? Quite a few. So in the end, it's actually cheaper. That's why I support that one as well. Question number... What is it? Nine? As critics of... Statism, why don't you op 
hose, government loyal oaths, flag drills, and pledges of allegiance. Hmm. I think you're mistaking me for a libertarian. I'm not a libertarian. Uh, libertarians believe that each 50 states should be their own nation and have their own flag and their own pledge of allegiance and oath and whatever. I'm not a libertarian. I just believe in weaker governments, not no governments. That's why. So uh, stop stereotyping me, please. Do not generalize conservatives as libertarians. We're definitely not all libertarian. Question number 10. As advocates of freedom, why are you not at the forefront of the fight against government torture, political surveillance, and censorship? We actually are at the forefront of the fight. You are doing it for racial and sexual reasons that don't exist. We are doing it for reasons that do exist. The censorship of a single political party called Republicans, which is getting on my nerves. So instead of closing your eyes, why don't you open them and realize that we are fighting against censorship and political surveillance and government torture? I'm going to keep reading. That was the last question, but I'm going to keep reading this article. The next paragraph says that if these contradictions can't be explained satisfactorily, then we have good reason to conclude that the professed principles of conservatives are no more than a respectable mask behind which lurk less admirable motives. <laughs> Sounds like something a liberal would do, not us. <laughs> for example, that support for wars and military spending reflects a desire to dominate the world and its resources. I actually have no desire to dominate the world and its resources. I just have a desire to dominate the world in terms of politics. I want the most freedom. Slightly different than uh, resources and people. Uh, that support for police shoot-to-kill policies and crackdowns on immigrants reflect hostility towards racial minorities. That has nothing to do with that. How many immigrants do you think come into us or come into America each year? Quite a few. How many of them do you actually think are from Mexico? Not as many. Okay. So uh, it has nothing to do with racial minorities. And uh, I don't support shooting unarmed people. I said this. It's just a dumb stereotype. Anyways, that opposition to abortion rights and family planning reflects hostility towards women. It doesn't reflect hostility towards women. It re actually reflects love towards their unborn child that they want to murder. That support for government meddling in religious matters reflects hostility towards religious minorities. I agree, actually. That's why I would put church above state. And non-believers. Actually, uh, there's no such thing as a non-believer. I actually consider atheism a religion. The opposition to product labeling indifference to small businesses, subsidies to big businesses, and opposition to strikes and unions reflect a loyalty to corporations. No. <laughs> Not even close to those exact opposite. It reflects a loyalty that corporations have to us. Think of it this way. If you help a corporation by bailing them out or giving them a tax break, they're going to go to your land, right? Because they're now loyal to you. And now they give you a bunch of jobs, don't they? Exactly. What are you going to do with those jobs? Well, your economy just suddenly went up. The opposition to inheritance taxes reflects an alliance with the wealthy. No, it reflects an alliance with freedom. If you want something, you work for it. That's what it re reflects. And the support for nationalist hoopla. I'm sorry, I don't know what hoopla means. 
Torture, surveillance, and censorship. Uh, I told, I said this earlier, I don't support censorship and torture. I'm actually against it and always have been. Reflects a repressive authoritarian mentality. Not even close. In short, that the real goal of conservatives is the maintenance of economic, gender, racial, and religious privilege with no scruples about the means of maintaining it. I disagree. And then it says, actions, of course, speak louder than words, and we will undoubtedly get a good idea of where conservatives stand from the legislation passed by incoming Republican-dominated Congress. Meanwhile, however, it, will, it would be interesting to have conservatives explain these ten contradictions between their professed principles and their behavior. Are you talking to me like I'm your child? Honestly, person, you have no right to speak to me like that. Um, I guess this article is written before Biden was inaugurated. And I disagree. Actions don't speak louder than words. Words speak louder than actions. Have you seen the recent protests and riots? They're quite, uh, they leave quite the impact. <sighs> well, guys, what do you think? Those 10 questions and the last two paragraphs that I read for you guys. Are quite interesting. Um, I'm just going to say liberals have a lot to learn about if they ever want to become actually smart people. And this article proves it. By the way, this is from the HuffPost. HuffPost.com. One of their articles. So, I mean, kind of obvious is going to be biased and whatnot. But, yeah, this is all I had for you guys. Uh, I'll see you all next time. Thank you for stopping by. God bless you.